Hey guys, welcome back to the Working Gals Guide podcast. And you know the deal. I'm here to interview people in all different careers, all different industries, and chat about their journey and how they got there. I'm really here to help you get inspired and really help you find your dream job as well. So welcome to our podcast and thanks for tuning in. Hey gals, welcome back to another episode of Working Gals Guide. I am so pumped. Today is Monday. Um, I hope everyone that's listening, if it is a Monday when you're listening, that you have an amazing work week ahead or for any of those gals who are out there job searching or still at school, go kill it. You're going to do well, I know. Um, Today's guest is awesome. Her name is Cassandra McClure. I am just so pumped for her to be on today. She is really a clean beauty guru. Cassandra is an internationally recognized, award-winning makeup artist, entrepreneur, and now podcaster as well. Cassandra has actually been featured in a ton of different magazines, publications, so places like Forbes, a lot of bridal magazines as well. She's worked with celebrities um, such as Snoop Dogg, Um, so some big, big names that she's worked with before. It's really just been a really interesting time talking to her and just hearing about all those experiences. So Cassandra is young. She's in her 30s, but she's already developed this amazing brand around herself, She also has, as I mentioned, um, her own podcast around clean beauty. She also has launched a summit for clean beauty called Clean Beauty Con, which is amazing. She put together all these different events. She also has her own company, so she is an entrepreneur. Um, She'll get into that in a bit as well, but it is beauty-based too. So I did really, you know, want Cassandra to come on today um, for a variety of reasons. She really is, as, I, as I've just been describing, um, you know, someone who's put herself out there. She's developed so much with what she's been given. Her story is actually quite touching once you do hear it um, a little bit later in the episode. Her um, actual passion for beauty was something she had from a young age, but the fact that she's been able to really grow her brand and really pursue clean beauty specifically was something that came out in a, of an event that she had in her life. So I won't get into it over here, um, but you'll hear her talk about it. It's really just a very touching, touching story. And it really came out of a need that she had for herself because she couldn't necessarily use any of those other makeup products that had a lot of chemicals in them that weren't clean beauty. So I'm not going to talk too much about her because I want you to hear it straight from her. Um, But yeah, Cassandra is amazing. Stay tuned at the end of the episode for where you can find her on her socials. And of course, follow us at um, Working Gals Guide on Instagram. That's Working Gals Guide on Instagram. And we also now have a secret Facebook group. So if you want to join go ahead and do so. Just search for us on Facebook called Working Gals Guide. I'll add you in. We have some great conversations on there all around careers. And it's a great group of gals who are on there right now, just conversing back and forth, sharing their tips, talking about their own um, entrepreneurial endeavors as well. Um, So yeah, if if you're interested in joining, just, just search it up on Facebook or Instagram and you'll find it. Without further ado, here is our episode with Cassandra. Hey guys, I'm here today with Cassandra, and why don't we just hop straight into it? Um, Cassandra, if you don't mind just giving us a brief introduction to yourself, anything you'd like to say, just tell us about you. Uh, Yeah, no, I just kind of briefly, I spent a lot of time as a makeup artist, traveled around the world, worked on a lot of different well-known faces. I Mm. learned from different educators in both the US and in the UK and 
studied beauty. I moved to Palo Alto in 2017, where I started leading a female chapter of the rising tide. And from there, I realized I really wanted to work even more with women than I was. And being a leader just kind of really was so interesting to me. And I wanted to create my own community. And so I became the beauty director at Sustainable Project, where we just educated other people about the environmental impacts of the cosmetic industry. And from there, in 2018, I was diagnosed with psoriasis, allergies, vision loss, and I had a lot of trouble breathing. And I was in and out of Stanford. I found out that after I did like a quick detox that I was allergic to fragrance in particular. And I then found out I was allergic to some types of honey and just other things because I was basically constantly poisoning myself for so long mm -hmm. uh, from morning to night, from my laundry detergent to what I was washing my hands with, to just what I was breathing, what I was spraying in the air, all my perfume down to the makeup that I was putting on myself and all my clients. Mm -hmm. And that just really shocked me that there was no regulations happening. There was no laws on what could be in these products that we were slathering all over our bodies, leaving on for very long periods of time. And so I said, I'm going to look to see if there are some podcasts I could listen to. And I, mm -hmm. I feel like you have that same sort of story where you're a podcaster and then you're like, okay, I can have a voice and, and like fill this void. Because with me, when I looked up clean beauty, nothing came up and it was kind of shocking. So right. at that, that day I knew I had always wanted to do a podcast, but beauty was too broad and there were so many beauty podcasts. Mm -hmm. But I said, I'm going to start this journey, take everybody with me. I'm not going to be the expert here, but I'm going to interview them. And mm -hmm. that's how the Clean Beauty podcast took off. That's why it's successful because I've never came from a place of listen to me. I know everything. I'm just bringing on the experts, um, mm -hmm. the pioneers of clean beauty, of green beauty, of smart beauty, and partnering with them and their products and really highlighting products that are high performing as well as just really great for the environment, mm -hmm. empowering women, giving back, all of the things that I found important to me and my community. And so now we're a year and a half old. And while I had take a, taken a step back from my makeup artistry because it did impact my business, I was telling my clients, I'm not using hairspray. I'm not using these products on you. I'm sorry. I'm kind of like out of commission right now. I lost a lot of money um, at first. And so while I was doing my podcast, I launched lash binder, which was my first mm -hmm. patent pending tool, uh, basically to make strip eyelash application easier, faster, safer. I partnered then with the chemo companion program, uh, after I went to a hospital because an oncologist, uh, asked me to go and do a makeup class with some of her patients. And she said, bring lashes and bring your brow stuff. And after getting there, working with these women, and seeing that they didn't have eyelashes or eyebrows and that they mm -hmm. wanted to feel normal again, it really impacted me, especially when they were all trying to buy the products at the end. 
I just didn't feel right taking their money. And that's how the buy one, give one campaign came mm -hmm. to be what it is now. So every time you buy a lash tool to apply the lashes, one goes to a patient that's undergoing chemotherapy mm -hmm. that lost her lashes to cancer. And it also kind of raises awareness of, oh, you know, like to think about you know, you don't just lose your hair on your head. And a lot of people mm -hmm. solve that issue with a wig, but they yes. don't really think about, you know, a lot of them feel like aliens. Like they don't feel mm -hmm. normal when they go to a store because they can't, they don't have lashes. They don't have anything mm -hmm. to highlight um, their face. So, you know, eyes are the center and, and to highlight that and just to make them feel a little bit more beautiful along with the program. I also go and give the education to the women. So I go into the hospitals. I, train them all. I show them how to use the tool properly, sanitarily, um, just safely. Mm -hmm. And that really sparked a larger movement where, you know, it started as a campaign, but now it's our permanent part of our eco of our business. So it's part of who we are. Uh, and um, I'm so glad we're doing that. So mm -hmm. in February um, of this year, 2020, uh, I launched the Clean Beauty Retreat. And it's specifically for business industry professionals, because I saw so many different people coming to me, asking for help, asking for advice, asking what the next steps were, really just giving them feedback. And as a consultant, it, it, was, it was hard. So I started developing a program that they could follow, that I could teach them. And I thought the best way uh, was to bring the women that I had been working with and then some also some new people too that were starting to kind of reach out just kind of like you did yeah, and say, hey, you know, like, what can I do here? What is this? How can I be more involved? How can I make an impact? How can I start a community? How can I start a blog? You know, how mm -hmm. can I create a, my beauty product? So about 30 women came together in Carmel at the end of February for the first Clean Beauty Business Retreat. Again, like I love your story. I know I said that already, but your story is very inspiring to me. It's touching that you took a potentially negative situation with yourself and you've turned it into something that is now positive. It's helping other women and not just yourself as well. So it's incredible how many lives you've touched clearly and in such a beautiful way as well. So I love all that about you. Um, I do want to commend you again on the fact that you're an entrepreneur. You're a strong woman who's built your own businesses, which is incredible. But I, I'm curious, did you grow up as an entrepreneur? Did you ever have your own businesses prior to your makeup line, sorry, your makeup business and your lash line as well? Or was that something that really just turned around as a result of you, you know, going through everything that you just talked about? Yeah. So I was always an entrepreneur. I had, you know, the regular jobs that we all have through junior mm -hmm. high and high school, a lot of us, um, you know, working at clothing stores or fast food places. Mm -hmm. And I just knew that I was not fit to be a boss, like, or to be an employee. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really want to manage other people. So I just knew that entrepreneurship was like my path. And I also had a lot of self-motivation. So I would get up and go uh, apply and do things online and build, like I was building, I think my first website, the Bella look I built back when I was in high school. And I was oh, just cool. trying to build a following on social. And, you know, at that time, I think it was like my space in junior high. And I always felt there was something there. And I was 
always kind of copying pictures out of magazines uh, when it came to the makeup. And I would try to pose exactly like the girls in the magazine. I remember Britney Spears and Chris Aguilera trying yes, to do my yeah. hair and makeup exactly and then mm -hmm. taking pictures of the looks. And so I was really interested in makeup and the, that turned into modeling because I was taking pictures. I was, you know, um, doing commercials. Like I would mm -hmm. do them even when I was really little, like just like I would see an infomercial and then I would redo it, but with like makeup products and I would just make things up as very, um, uh, artistic, I guess. And, mm -hmm. Uh, I was a great writer. My mom always, you know, I was ahead of school. I was in split grades all through okay. um, elementary school. So like second, third, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know. Uh, yeah, and so I was always sure. around the older crowd and they wanted to push me up and my mom wouldn't let them. So I just stayed where I was, but I graduated early. I was class president in my senior year. I graduated and then I moved to LA where I pursued modeling more seriously. But before that I was working I had been on the covers of magazines. I was already like working as a, I was already sort of acting. I was already mm -hmm. modeling. So from there, moving to LA uh, and really not thinking, oh, I would go to school for beauty. I just thought, you know, I want to, I want to be in the action. I want to, mm -hmm. I want to be on movie sets. I want to be around like Paris Hilton. That was like the one person sure. ended up getting her phone number and like going out. It, it was just, you know, I really, all, I tell my fiance this all the time. If you say something enough and believe something enough, you can actually make it happen. I and agree. I just mm -hmm. believe in that. And so I would put it out there. I'd be like, I'm going to hang out with this person. I'm going to mm -hmm. work with this person. I'm going to, you know, and so that uh, really translated into, you know, I wanted to be the best. And so, you know, I was around top models. I was around amazing musicians and actors and actresses and went into beauty school and trained with the best. My makeup artist uh, instructor was Audrey Hepburn's artist and Tupac's artist and Snoop Dogg. And I ended up working mm -hmm. with Snoop Dogg afterwards several times um, totally unrelated, but that was just so fascinating to me that I always had him kind of in my mind on my vision mm -hmm. boards. Like I just wanted to be around people that made an impact. For sure. Um, and I think, you know, I was attracted to also people that like, because I didn't go to like a really fancy college and I grew up a little poorer, I always had a lot of ambition to be better, like better myself. And I always look to people that didn't come from the best backgrounds or have the mm -hmm. best odds that really For did sure. still succeed. And I never had like a, like a mentor until a couple of years ago. I never really had people like idols that I looked up to. I just knew that I wanted to be in that space somehow. And I wanted to be, um, successful. Yeah. And absolutely. so I think whatever background you come from, if you want it bad enough, you can make it happen. I feel like it helps to have goals and, you know, mm -hmm. so you can align with things. And I think that's where I missed for so many years. I wasn't honing in. I was like doing beauty and modeling. I guess I'm a little hard on myself, but I feel like I could have got a lot farther, a lot faster if I would have connected myself to a mission or okay. to a organization to helping people, more people. I was thinking, oh, I'm making people feel beautiful. I'm helping people on their wedding day. I'm helping people For on sure. a music set. But it wasn't really making an impact in other people's lives. So okay. when those things came in, then it started to really just take off.
Mm-hmm. Uh, that happened with the la- with my tool, with my product. It happened, uh, and then cl- the collaborations too. You know, like mm-hmm. feeling very alone as an artist is just so common. We're on okay. our own. We don't mm-hmm. really have anybody to work with us. We're we have to figure it all out on our on our own. Make the mistakes and work from there. But when you have a team and you have other people in the industry that you work with or work for as like an assistant or whatever, Mm -hmm. you're able to kind of move so much faster. And so that's why I offer opportunities within Mm -hmm. Clean Beauty Con and my podcast for internships and Mm -hmm. things because I believe in helping the next, you know, generation up the ladder really to help them get to that next place Mm -hmm. to learn. Uh, because I wish I had that. I wish I had mm-hmm. someone that took me under their wing to teach me everything that they knew and show me what to do and what not to do. Yeah, for sure. I love that story. And I love the fact that you're able to now mentor other younger gals and, and guys as well, I assume. It, it's amazing that you're able to give back and share those lessons because again, like you said, I think mentorship is really one of those things that really impacts people in a, in a large, large way. I myself have mentors and I think that I've taken leaps and bounds with their assistance. Whereas like without it, sometimes you don't have direction. You don't know what the next step should be. And sometimes your mentor has a better vision. They can step back and see your life in a different way. And they're able to give you more guidance and say, Hey, these are your skills. This is kind of the direction I think you should take based on what I'm seeing of you. And it really does help in such a large way. So again, really, it's amazing that you're doing that for other, other girls and guys now. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to touch on the fact that you mentioned that when you first started out, you didn't have so many goals or an organization to attach yourself to with a mission, but what really made that turnaround? What made you want to actually find a mission within yourself? And was that kind of triggered by everything you went through or was that something you found before that? I always longed for like a network of Mm -hmm. people I could trust and go to And in school, I was picked on, um, whether it was related to, you know, where we lived or uh, the clothes I was wearing, or Mm -hmm. um, I was super really skinny, like very oddly skinny. And so I was picked on in different ways. And that was isolating. And um, I think, I guess it... um, that really did stem into wanting to belong. And then when I finally moved to Palo Alto and I was able to create a community from nothing, like Mm -hmm. we had three girls at our first meetup at our rising tide meetup. And then three years later, there's over 300 of us. And when I look at the form they fill out to join our group, it's like a free group. These are all over the world. So in, in any city, you can kind of look up rising tide and then that, um, city mm-hmm. and how it works is the, everyone meets about once a month, every second Tuesday, it's called Tuesdays together. And you go over a, a different business topic. And so it started out where I was presenting the topic, they would give us the material and then you would present it. And to come to one of the meetings, you just put your name, your email and how you heard about it. Well, the majority of the people that are still in the group and who joined met through me. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm such a networker. Like I meet everybody I met, I told about it. And Mm -hmm. 
when I kind of went back through and looked at all of it, I was like, okay, I built this community, but it's not, it's mine here, but it's not mine. And so I said, I really want to create my own. I know I can now. Mm -hmm. And I, there's nothing like this in beauty. So I tried something. It didn't really work. It wasn't really clean beauty either. I sort of tried, I got with beauty counter and I started building that team, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people are against the network marketing, MLM, whatever you want to call it. And I didn't want, again, that's not mine. Beauty counter is not my company. Mm -hmm. And so it goes back to me, not, not necessarily having a boss, but I feel like that Mm -hmm. part of my brain is just like, it's not yours. You know, it's not, you didn't start this. Mm -hmm. And I like kind of starting from scratch and being scrappy and um, learning from other things and implementing them in. And so when I started my podcast, I was like, I'm going to grow this. It's going to be huge. And like, there you go. And then from there, I was able to do small little brunches and I was going to different cities and like hosting brunches in LA and Seattle and SF. And I saw those were going really And then I was like, okay, now I could do a retreat because so many people are coming to me asking me to, how do I start my own beauty brand? How do I get on Amazon? How do I get on Shark Tank? How do I do this? Mm -hmm. And so I'm like advising all these women. And I said, you know what? Let's just do like a three-day retreat. Like I love travel. I love going out. Who wouldn't want to come to California for a couple of days on the beach? Of course. You know, let's get these women together. And so I still have, I keep this on my desk because this is my like picture Mm -hmm. of all of us together. Um, after our, our, our second day. And for me, like it's, you know, 30 women, but like, it's the core of my community, like my beauty community. Mm -hmm. And I feel just, it's, it was so powerful. And I think, um, now that I know how to do it and teach others how to do it and I can provide such value and bring other women in to, you know, all of our speakers were amazing, like scientists Mm -hmm. and doctors and just, you know, I think, yeah. So now it's like, you know, bringing empowered women together and having them work together and like not letting that catty attitude that is just so common in our industry Mm -hmm. where it's like, not, uh, and it's like community and collaboration over competition every single time. Right. I love that. Teaching Mm -hmm. women how to feel that way and be supportive of each other and not looking to somebody on top or Mm -hmm. the head person and saying, oh, I'm like working for her or I'm, you know, trying to get to where she's at. Like, no, just supporting everybody on whatever level they're on. Mm -hmm. And just, I've learned how to be humble and not be the boss that I w- I never wanted to work for, or, right. you know, be that person, just be a community, like such an open community mm-hmm. that, because if you, if I look at like beauty counter, for example, I still yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. That's how I got into clean beauty. That's the first for brand sure. I, I tried and it's great. Mm-hmm. But if you ask the founder to support your business, you're probably not going to see that happen. Mm -hmm. But with what I'm doing, I'm able to bring on my photographer friend and have her come shoot all of our photos, bring on 
I brought on over 50 different people with beauty brands onto my podcast. Like it's right. not about mm-hmm. a competition. It's about yeah, highlighting it's about these support. other women mm-hmm. and supporting. And so I think that that is just what everybody needs, especially right now. And I, mm-hmm. and that is essentially why I feel so uh, passionate about mm-hmm. this. And it's just in total alignment with everything that we're doing, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it comes down to our health. And if we can talk to each other about the health impacts and educate our moms and our sisters and our grandmas and our daughters, we can make the world a better place and have Mm -hmm. a world with less cancers and just have a greener planet and a cleaner Mm -hmm. ocean. And I think that's what we all want at the end of the day. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that pure mission and the fact that everything you do is rooted with that very pure mission is why it's been so successful. And people do really gravitate to authentic people and authentic brands and authentic communities as well. And I can only imagine that's probably why your community has grown so much and you have so much quality there, so much authenticity. And I mean, how did you grow your community so much? Was it mostly word word of mouth, I would say, or you said you're a great networker as well. And was it just everyone you met, you'd tell them about it, like you said, and that's how it grew? Or was there other methods that you've used to really bring out your message and communicate it to so many people and really build up a massive community, I would say, across multiple different countries, clearly? Because, you know, we have people in the US, Canada, I'm sure you have people in other places as well. So can you talk more to that and how you built up such a fantastic network? Yeah. So I would say other than the United States, Canada, the UK, Mm -hmm. um, Italy, Greece, and then we have a lot of listeners in Africa, um, Japan, uh, I think between 30 and 40 other countries. uh, But I, through, you know, social media, I feel like having good content is important. And so I would always put out really educational content, uh, great videos, high quality photos and images uh, and videos. And I also knew the power of real media, digital, like digital media. So everything from Forbes and, you know, Mm -hmm. different magazines, Uh, because of my modeling experience, I understood that when I was in a magazine or I was published in a newspaper that I had even more exposure And I was able to send my message to more people and meet them where they are. And I now teach that when I mentor women and they ask me this question, I think it's very important to meet people where they are. And by that, what I mean is meeting them on YouTube, even if you don't go on there, meeting them on Twitter, meeting them on Facebook, meeting them in the magazines, meeting them on podcasts, meeting them wherever people go to consume content and beyond. It's impressive. I mean, you've grown such a community and um, like you mentioned, you've been in so many different publications and featured in so many places. And I can imagine as well, like so many people sharing out your messages and posts from Instagram as well onto their own feeds. So the message is being spread and it's incredible how many different places and different levels you've been part of. It's awesome. It's, it's very, very inspiring. Um, But I mean, you've accomplished so much in your career, but I can only imagine there was a lot of challenges along the way, being an entrepreneur, building this up yourself, especially when you do have all these different projects and things in your portfolio, essentially. Can you talk more to those challenges? If there's anyone out there listening who is potentially trying to start up a business, trying to start up some sort of initiative for themselves, 
and they're running into some of these roadblocks, what are some of the things that got you through and over those roadblocks and kept going to the success you have today? Uh, I would say number one, you can do it on your own. Mm-hmm. And so often I thought I needed a team, but what I realized was that I could do it by myself. Mm-hmm. And when, when someone comes into your life to mentor you and you, you know, put it out there that you're looking for that and the right person comes along, you'll know who it is, but to get to the next level, you do need somebody like that. Mm-hmm. And you can't do it all. You can do something all by yourself, but you'll only get so far. And so having advisors is just the only way to get to the, the next level. Like it just is. Um, and depending on the industry, like if there's other people in the beauty industry that are listening, you really should just look for who you aspire to be like, what, Mm -hmm. and what they're, like morals are and and just research because i i mean it's interesting like for example for lash binder i listened to every podcast i could find from the founder of the um the sponge i can't think of the name uh beauty blender because i i mean i in my mind lash binder is the next beauty blender and like we're working towards that like shark tank called us after three months of being on on our e-commerce store. Wow. And that was a really pivotal moment moment for me because I was like, okay, this is everything that I thought it's going to be. Like it's Absolutely. going to be huge and it's going to change the market and it's going to create a new product category. Mm-hmm. And I was, but I was always looking at what are these other because I mean Beauty Blender comes from a makeup artist too. Yeah. I mm-hmm. saw a need in the market and so I created a, a tool to make it easier for the everyday woman to be able to use the product. Mm-hmm. You just have for to have sure. the right instructions. It's like when you get a beauty blender, you don't just use it dry. You have to get it wet. But if you don't mm-hmm. know that, that's a huge part of it. It's like lash binder drying it upside down so it's hands-free. Like you have to use it correctly to get the most out of it. And so like education is so important and we didn't have the marketing dollars, but I was able to learn from the way that she described it and the, and the steps she took. Mm -hmm. And it took her like, I think 10 years to get to the point where people knew what it was. She was still working as an artist in Hollywood and, uh, I got to learn from her mistakes, like listening to her talk about all the things that she did that she shouldn't have did. I made sure to do in my launch. I made sure to create the best website possible Mm -hmm. to market it and partner up with companies like BoxyCharm and get it out to thousands of women instantly Mm -hmm. to put it up on Amazon and have it um, and own it and be able to ship myself now during this pandemic is m- most companies can't ship right now bare no, minimum yeah. can't ship products oh 100% yeah and but i can so if you order right now i can ship it and I, it'll have my signature on it because it's coming from my home office and mm-hmm. i wanted that control again it goes back to me kind of wanting to and learning every aspect of a business so a lot of people come to me for advice to start a beauty product Okay. And the first thing I always tell them is don't 
why why is this product in, why is this product needed right and a lot of oh well like i have this unique idea and this cute name for a lipstick and i always say the world doesn't need another lipstick and it's true and the world especially doesn't really need any more skincare and like oh but i have this new ingredient it's never been used and it's like so great and mm-hmm. it's like that's the hardest thing to sell. And a lot of people don't know that, but to get people to try a new skincare regime, like regimen or whatever, Mm -hmm. that's like one of the hardest things to do. So unless you have millions of dollars to literally blow, like don't do that. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of, you know, I know a lot of people go to this, like they, they think that they want to do this lipstick thing and go to and do a lab. And then they realize, well, I don't really want to do any of that. I just want to be known to have my own brand. And then it's like, okay, so you want to private label something like literally from China mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. And mm-hmm. like that, this is not helping. Like we don't need another that. And so sure. I've been able to help a lot of people re kind of rethink what their goals are and why, and really like mm-hmm. d- dig deep into what that what they're trying to do. Like mm-hmm. you want to be famous. Okay. That's not the way to do it. Let's no, try course, this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then other people with podcasts, I'm like, well, how many hours a week do you have to spend on this? And they're like, well, like maybe one. And I'm like, okay, then you're not doing a podcast because you need more hours than that. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're having an entire team, like run everything. And you know, a lot of people think that you just start off by making lots of money with, a brand, a podcast, like all these Mm -hmm. things. And I'm like, no, I worked even like you work for years before you make money. This is true in the modeling industry, the makeup industry, um, in beauty products, in everything. Like there's an investment in everything. And there's a Mm -hmm. lot of commitment, blood, sweat, and tears that go into everything before things start to profit. So you have to have the passion. You have Mm -hmm. to start with your why and then go into your goals and then if you don't have a plan, like a goal without a plan is just a wish. Like it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So really putting in the work to create this idea and like your dream, what you think is your dream. Like sometimes when you put it on paper, it doesn't make sense to you or somebody else, but you have an idea that you think that you want something, but you really just have to And then it's like, who are you helping? You know, it's like, what, how is this making the world a better place? Why are people going to listen to you? You know? And so, you know, sometimes you just have to take a step back and reevaluate. And I think right now during COVID, this is such a great time to be Mm -hmm. able to restructure and rethink and re reset your life. And really align yourself with things that matter because, you know, we all know life is short and it can be even shorter if you put, Mm -hmm. you know, and you know, it's so great to be able to help other people. And we're like honoring our frontline workers right now and our healthcare workers. And like, you can be a hero. You don't have to be like famous. And I feel like a lot of people Mm -hmm. want that like fame. Um, and so it just depends. I, I think it's such a broad question, but I yes, mean, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to have um, a consultation with anybody who's listening, who's just lost or feels like they want to refine mm-hmm. what they're doing. Um, it's one of the things that really, it brings me a lot of joy and that's why mm-hmm. I do it. So yeah. Absolutely. I love your answer, by the way. I mean, there's so many good tips in there. There's so many good nuggets of information. I think anyone listening could definitely take away a lot from that. Um, I mean, you talk about goals, you talk about setting a mission, you talk about structure when it comes to business plan. Are you a goal setter? And 
if you are a goal setter, I assume you are from what you've been saying, um, how often do you revisit your goals to just review them for yourself, but then also go ahead and maybe refine those goals as well? Um, when it comes to goals, I feel like you have to be, you know, my fiance always says your greatest strength of pivoting is also your biggest weakness. And I've always, I've really listened to that. And because I'll get frustrated and I'll just want to almost like, ugh, mm -hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. Like mm -hmm. give up sort of attitude um, and not give something time to really work. Right. And, um, but at the same time, like from a conference, you know, a lot of people were like, my life's over. I do events for a living. I can't do anything. And now I'm broke mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And I've like, literally, I've just mentored a videographer yesterday and she was mm -hmm. like, I can't work anymore. I do videos. And I was like, well, why don't you do like videos for all the people that are doing webinars, creating, like, I need something mm -hmm. for my conference. Like how, how to show that my summit is amazing online. Like it would be cool to have like a video over to oversee all of that. Like what we're doing online, like taking it online. She's like, Oh my God, this is a good idea. And I'm like, you just have to think outside the box. Like how else can you serve these people for sure? You know, in this other way. And so I think it's just so, so important mm -hmm. to uh, really get our, really get, think outside the box and maybe even have other people to kind of say, okay, this is, this is what you could do. Or, mm -hmm. you know, like really get creative. You know, if you're an entrepreneur, you got to be creative and you're already motivated if you're successful. So now you just have to, you know, you just, you, you really just got to get creative. And yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree right now is a good time to reevaluate our priorities right now, especially with everything going on. I mean, I've done the same. As soon as all this started happening, there's something that shifted in my mind that I was like, this is what I really care about. This is who I care about. This is the person I want to be during this time right now because of everything that's going on. It really makes you just reevaluate everything that's going on. And sometimes I think before, for myself at least, before all this kind of hit and happened, um, you know, at the magnitude that it's happened, I had a hard time kind of stepping back and seeing a bigger picture, but now I've been able to do so. And I'm thankful that I have, I think I've grown a lot in the last, I would say like four or five, six weeks, which is crazy. <laughs> um, but it's happened and I'm so happy it has. And kind of like yourself as well. Like I started this podcast during quarantine right now with everything going on and the same kind of deal. Like my mission was to inspire other people, uplift other women. This podcast was never about me. Um, it was about having people on so they could share their message. And I'm so happy that we connected over this because I feel like you've done the same thing for yourself. And again, grown a massive community around yourself. And you're so open about spreading, you know, your knowledge and your education around how you've done it as well, which is just, you know, I think everyone listening is very thankful that you're, you've been able to do that and be so open because it's not every day that you run across someone who's successful, but then also open about how they did it. And the fact that you're not afraid to share your secrets, not that they're secrets, but the way that you did it and came about it in the steps you've taken, it's commendable, 100%. And even if someone isn't really your mentor in this, or mentee, sorry, in the sense that they're with you every day in your business day to day, I think even just listening to this, they can call you some sort of mentor in some sense if they're just following you on Instagram and seeing your journey, for example. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, with that being said, I know we're kind of wrapping up on our time, um, but because this will be going on my podcast as well, I would love for you to just let us know where people can find you on Instagram, your website, your YouTube, absolutely anything. Where can they find you? Yeah, so the number one place to go is my 
name, my website, CassandraMcClure.com. And from there, you can find the summit. You can find the podcast. You can find Lashbinder. And all of them also have their own websites, like I mentioned mm-hmm. before. So Lashbinder.com, uh, CleanBeautyPodcast.com, CleanBeautyCon.com, CleanBeautyVirtualSummit.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you know, you're looking for me on Instagram, you can find me at Cassandra McClure. And that goes the same exact thing for all of those social platforms. I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that stuff. And I do run my account. So if it's, you get a message, it's from me. Mm-hmm. And, um, I really take pride in answering every single question, uh, really being responsive. I'll send you my calendar. If you want to chat, um, I will invite you to our events. I'll give you a code if you're interested in coming to our summit so you can check it out. We are always opening doors for ambassadors, uh, for new people to join our team, whether you want to be a consultant with beauty counter, or you just want to spread the clean beauty message and, uh, Mm -hmm. be a part of our summit. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thanks again for coming. It was so great to chat. Um, so everyone listening, make sure to go ahead and rate review and subscribe. And of course, follow Cassandra on all her social media. And of course, follow us at working gals guide on Instagram. All right. Bye guys. And talk to you later. I'm not going to be able to do that.